Hello and welcome to the Raisin Mint Show and I'm your host Craig Carlisle. That's that's right. You know what it is. Super Tuesday. I love Tuesdays. You know, but the Tuesday after Thanksgiving can give you a little bit of a post-Thanksgiving turkey concussion or something because, man, all that pomp and circumstance and all that prep and getting ready. You know what? I'm, I'm over giving thanks now. And that's the topic for today, for week two of truth and transparency because I, I don't know about you, but I'm over giving thanks. So let's, let's just talk about it. I'm not saying that I'm over giving thanks and being thankful. I'm over that. <clears throat> I'm just saying I'm over all the the pomp and the circumstance, the prep, and you know now, now that Thanksgiving over, that was a lot of effort for me. That was that was a lot. I don't know about you and what you did for your Thanksgiving. If you did a lot for your Thanksgiving holiday, you know, you can feel free to hit me on social media. You can always send it out to theraisingmenshow.com, and that's at Raising Men on social media, all of our platforms. And those of you who are not quite familiar with how to spell it, it's R-Z-N-G-M-E-N. So it's at theraisingmenshow.com. And of course, we love being right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. What up, Chatham? Hope you all are doing well. Shouts out to all the staff at WKBY. And we're going to get right into it. I'm, I was a little, a little bit apprehensive again just by doing this because I thought, you know, man, I'm tired and I don't want to, I don't know about you, but that the whole press and the getting to do and getting it finished of Thanksgiving, it really took a lot out of me. I go back to, you know, the old days when my mom used to get the house ready and all the pomp and circumstance that like we talked about last week about what she wanted to do and what she had to do and what she was making us do. I know she had to have been tired after, after it was all over. Makes you wonder what's next and what's, and I know Christmas is next, but there's a lot more to do with what's next than just the cleanup. And there was a certain amount of letdown that I had and a certain exhaustion. I don't know if some of you are feeling sad because it's over or just any disappointment because of any expectations that, that didn't go quite perfect for that day. And, the things that you wanted to do and had set for yourself to do, maybe they just weren't met. Maybe some of us are sad because the attention is gone and you, some of us have been missed the adult conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's get it real. I mean, I'm not talking about adult conversation in that kind of manner. Not, let's not be negative and be nasty with it. I'm just saying some of us just don't get a lot of chance to an opportunity to talk to other adults. Like we talked about last week being, you know, widowers and, those are sometimes even feel like we're lepers because we're the odd people out, which was the topic of last week, last week's study, odd man out. That now that, that, that the people are gone, the attention is gone, it, it kind of leaves us feeling some kind of way. For me, I, my Thanksgiving, it, it, was, it was awesome and it was, ex- it was exhausting at the same time. It didn't really allow me to do what I really wanted to do because I fretted too much. I really, I, I really did. I, I found myself up early on Thanksgiving kind of trying to do too much for too many people. I, I, I tried to really try to put too much into the day. I tried to be in all places at one time. Let's be real. I actually got up Thanksgiving morning. I actually went to the store and thought I was going to run to Home Depot real quick. And I, I had already got my menu planned. I, I already knew what I was going to do, but... I thought, you know, because I wasn't focused on being thankful, I was I was too much into the Mary Martha thing where I was too much in the doing and not enough of the of the 
or the following and being at the foot of Jesus, being thankful. I wanted to do all the prep and, and, and make things really something that it wasn't. I wanted to be all flashy. I wanted to be all excited and be all perfect and everything just so. But I should have been about what God wanted for that day. Went over to Home Depot and Home Depot wasn't even open. I thought, oh, maybe I'll give me a chicken fryer because I wanted to, you know, fry some chicken, you know, in in a in a vat kind of thing or like I'd used to have. My I got rid of my old turkey fryer because I just, I don't know, it needed to be clean. It had been probably almost I don't know seven eight nine years old. And it wasn't as clean as it as I wish it had been. I mean, it wasn't doing it restaurant style cleaner. Or maybe some of the restaurants that that we eat at maybe it was clean like that. So maybe that was the problem with it. So drove around and it was raining out here in Southern California. And I know, you know, Tony, Tony, Tony says it never rains in Southern California, but it did. It was pouring. It was, it was pretty nasty out here in certain pockets of the day. So I went and drove around, found Home Depot closed and drove over to my favorite place. Well, not my favorite place. I <laughs> drove around with Walmart. And of course they were open and I happened to find a nice little, you know, tabletop fryer or countertop fryer and I already had the, the peanut oil so set that up and found a even found a 22 inch griddle I had had one or two as a matter of fact a couple of years ago but they just you know when we moved they just really weren't able to make the trip they were just kind of messed up and jacked up and parts were broken off of them and so I threw them away so to see them in the store I got excited and I was trying to to burn off some nervous energy, but I didn't realize it was nervous energy. I didn't realize that's what it was at the time. I was just, I was just all over the place. Walking around the store, finally get out of the car in the rain, trying to get myself together. And I was going to go to the supermarket, went to the supermarket, got a few more things. And it was things that I probably didn't need to get. I was just really trying to I was just feeling some kind of way. And at the moment, I didn't understand where I was. I got back to the house and unpacked everything from the truck and stacked everything up in the kitchen. I kind of stood in the kitchen for a while trying to get my game plan because I had, I had, I had promised some other friends that I hadn't seen in quite a long time since I was like childhood family and friends. I hadn't seen some of them in almost 30 years. Well, probably 30 plus for some to tell the truth. But I found myself standing in the kitchen, wondering what to do next. Finding any kind of tasks that I should be doing because I just, I'm almost, I almost was afraid to sit down because I was afraid I was going to miss something or I wasn't going to be able to do something right. Or, and I knew if we had gone over to these friends' houses and seen them and hung out with them, I didn't want to get back. And I knew I had, you know, other friends friends and family coming over to my house and so later on that afternoon and I wanted it, everything to be ready I didn't want people waiting on me and I began to have this performance spirit kind of come over me that I wanted everything to be so and I thought I had to do everything 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 all by myself and I couldn't find a way early in the morning to really enjoy the day and be present in the morning because I know there's there's times when we get to, to doing and we get to moving and we get to we get to not necessarily be able to get our minds 
okay, I like the old song, said, Lord, we're going to get our mind stayed on Jesus. My, my, my day didn't start that way. My mind wasn't opened in prayer. I didn't, I didn't focus on God as the, as, I didn't give him the glory that day. I didn't re- wake up that morning thinking about God in any manner. Only thing I could think about was there were people coming over, there's things I had to do. I had a task list in my mind. I was trying to write things down. But that's not what the Lord wanted for the day. Yeah, I can use the whole Romans 8.28 to, to cover all, right? That all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I get it. I could use that to kind of put a little God on, put a little word on every situation right there. But it just, it just didn't quite go the way I wanted. So we went over to, these, to our friend's house and family. We spent time over there and I probably sh- started to calm down a little bit more over there, but I, my mind was still clicking on that t- on that clock. It kept running around thinking, okay, my oldest boy is going to be here in a little bit. He's on a, he's on his way in from Arizona. He was driving in the rain, and well, it wasn't raining much until he got towards the Inland Empire in Riverside County. Area. Then it started to rain. That was about an hour or so out from where I'm living. And so I began to think about that and began to not really have my mind on enjoying the time with the people who we were with. And that was a a sadness and a travesty because the people who we were with, we really could have spent our whole day or two or three days with that group because these are the people, because of course, those who know, I mean, I'm 50 years old. So the people who I was with in that particular house knew the parents knew me before I was born. So I hadn't seen them since like, like almost two years, but you know, their kids and even their grandkids, some of them I had never met before. And for some of them, for me not to have seen them since I was like 10 or 12, man, that's definitely 30 plus years on an easy shot. But what was Thanksgiving really all about? It should have been about being thankful for the moment, being thankful for what you have, being thankful for the reconnection with family and not the disconnection with family. But when when I spent so much time trying to tick off everywhere. Now, of course, yeah, if we hadn't gone, we would have been frustrated and sad. And what I would have, what would I have done more? I don't know if my meal would have turned out any better than it did, because I believe that it all turned out the way it was supposed to. But in the moment, in the midst of it all, it became one of those wrestling matches between what I know the Lord wants me to do and what and what versus what I wanted to do. I wanted to be back at the house prepping for dinner and prepping for what was going on at my house, but the Lord wanted us to be someplace else. If you find yourself or when you find yourself in that place when you're wrestling with what the Lord has for you versus what you think you have for yourself, we need to stop. We really need to stop and pay attention to what the Lord has for us. Because what he has is so far greater. It's so far greater than anything that we can ask, think, or imagine. And I know I used to listen to the old folks say that, and I never really got it. I'm thinking, well, I got a pretty creative imagination, so I know I can think of some pretty crazy things to think of or ask for or imagine. But I tell you, when you really let go and let God have this thing, and whatever that thing is, that, that, that person, that place or that thing, let the Lord have that noun and just, just give it to him. Because I know the word says, we, if we cast our cares on him, 
or we can cast our cares or we should cast our cares on him because he cares for us. So if we do that, that means we have empty hands to hold blessings versus holding these cares. If I'm holding cares, if I'm holding weight, if I'm holding worries, if I'm holding on to some things that I think I need to hold on to close to my heart, that means I can't, I can't get nothing in my hands. I can't get nothing in my heart. I can't, I can't hold any blessing that the Lord gives me because I'm holding on to some stuff that I really shouldn't hold on to. Some disappointment, some missed expectations, some fear, some anger, some frustration with people, some anxiety I'm holding on to. On Thanksgiving. On a time when I should be all with my hands up, raised in praise, or open for the thanks of what the Lord has done, or getting ready to do, even and you say the grace, and some folks say the old grace, Lord, I thank you for this food that we're about to receive from the nourishment of our body. But we can't even get to that because we're so worried about saying it right. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, even with the prayer I had, because. This was the first Thanksgiving in this particular home that we're living. It was the first gathering that we had on purpose here at this house. And it should have been a real thankful time. But I found myself just allowing the enemy to have room. I allowed myself to get frustrated even when I was warming up the fryer to get the grease just right. And I had a little cast iron, well, not little, it's kind of a little deep cast iron skillet on the Stove as well. I figured I need a little bit more get up because that wasn't a big turkey fryer like I found at Walmart. It was a small one that you would do French fries or, you know, maybe six or seven pieces of chicken and, you know, modest sized pieces of chicken. In. And it wasn't like it was a big heavy duty thing. So, and I'd never used it before. And so, you know, those of you that cook and you've been some time in the kitchen or, or even if it's, you know, working out on, a, in, on your car when you're with tools and stuff. <clears throat> When you find a new tool, sometimes you got to make sure, especially if it's a tool that you've never used before for a task that you've done a hundred times, sometimes you need to understand how that tool works. And excuse me, I didn't know how that tool was going to work. And I thought, you know what, let me, I do want to make my buttermilk and I wanted to put it in the batter and I hadn't, I didn't, yeah, I could have bought buttermilk. Yeah, that's true. But my oldest boy, and he had taught me how to make buttermilk out of milk. You know, so much milk and so many tablespoons of of white vinegar and let it sit for 10 minutes. And I had even I had even prepped that earlier and left the sitting in the refrigerator while we went over to these, you know, other friends and family's homes. And so when I got back, my buttermilk was already going to be ready. And I was excited and proud of myself. But I tell you what, <clears throat> when, you, when you let the enemy have a foothold in your mind and you start to make it, look like it's supposed to be something that he wants you to have versus something that you know the Lord wants you to have. Because the truth of the matter, it didn't really matter if we had anything to eat on Thanksgiving or not, as long as you were were enjoying the day with the people that the Lord provided for your life. You could have had, I don't know, peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. You could have had, you know, peanut butter and banana. You could have had just plain bread because there were a lot of people who didn't have anything and it's funny, funny, the Lord brings me to even this. We had gone to the, I had taken my sons to the LA Auto Show on the day before Thanksgiving. So here we are. Actually, it was two days before. So it was actually on Tuesday before. And we're out of the LA Auto Show. And for those of you who don't know anything about the Los Angeles area, Los Angeles is a very large city. I'm sure you guys have heard of Hollywood and other places like that. And it's a really huge, you know, millions and millions of people living in there and 
And here we were coming to to watch probably, I think we did try to do the math on just the production cars that were there and maybe some other people that had brought their own cars that they had customized over. We figured there was probably about $20 million easy in automobiles. And probably easy because you figure almost every major automaker was there. Tesla was not there. So those of you who wonder if Tesla was there in the Type T's, and they were not there. <clears throat> but all the other major automakers were there that I found. And on our way in, we drove past a homeless camp. And I was thinking to myself, wow. And so, I, you know, I turned the music down and I just happened to be talking to, just shortly before I turned the music down, I got a call from another set of friends and we were driving and talking at the same time and I got the kids' attention and I got everybody into the conversation. And no, I wasn't holding the receiver. So those, I want to make sure those are, are other listening that no, I didn't drive with my phone up to my face. We drove with the, with the car microphone and speaker on and we drove past this homeless encampment. And I was sharing with the kids and our friends on the phone that here we are going to an event where there's going to be food here and even leftover food here that will be thrown out and completely wasted. And all these potential job opportunities that these homeless people could have had an opportunity to vie for. And of course, if someone had cleaned them up and got them ready and taught them how to do it, they could have been working there. That Maybe for that day or that month or whatever, maybe they would have had to have been homeless maybe for the following month or maybe they could have had something a little bit more. But here we were on our way to a auto show at Thanksgiving, driving past some people who didn't have anything in their mind to be thankful for. But the Lord allowed that opportunity, that example to be an example to us, that 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 could have been us laying there underneath the bridge or by that building in the cold. And for those, you know, we it wasn't like it was a New York East Coast cold. It was it was a West Coast cold. So for us, if, if it was like 40 degrees, it was really, really cold. But So it was about a 45 degree day here on the West Coast. And we drove past these things, these people who I wonder if they were thankful. I wonder if they were thankful for what they had, if they were thankful for that concrete ground they had to sleep on. I wonder if they were thankful for the tent that they had to live in. I wonder if they were thankful for the meal that they were not going to have and receive and were going to have that nourishment for their body. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to The Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. 
or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. And we're right back here on the Raising Men Show. And I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. And we're right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chattanooga, Virginia. And those of you who really aren't paying attention to what WKBY stands for, it, says, it stands for We Keep Blessing You. And if WKBY has been a blessing to you, make sure you call into the station, email, write them. If you see, when you see Pastor Larry out and about or Anita and the rest of the staff, you know, say, hey, tell him, tell him I, I thank you. I thank God for you. I, I Pray for them like you pray for your pastor, or you should be praying for your pastor, P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, not P-R-E-Y-I-N-G, because if you're praying with an E on your pastor, and you're, or those in leadership, or those in the station, that means that you're trying to take from them, you're trying to tear them down, but this is the season, or it is the season to be thankful, and, and, and to be thankful for those people that we are getting, you know, blessed by, so bless them in a monetary way, advertise, if you you know support the vendors that are that are actually supporting the station as well because it's more than a notion to keep the lights on and that and that transmitter going and no one may be really thinking about Pastor Larry and, and the team about how they get paid and how they're doing that and how they get those that music all the time and how do those programs get on and it's more than a notion so I'm sorry I got to get off that bad one I I need to get back to week two and I, I now the Lord convicted me on the way going into break. I gave that big heavy size we got to break and I didn't do a proper, you know, bumper transition out and give the the call signs for the station. I apologize. I'm working on that. And I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm I'm sad to go into a break and I'm sad to have the advertising because I'm blessed and thankful to have the advertisers and the commercials on the show, but I wanted to make sure that you knew when we got into that moment, my mind really took me back to what I saw. Just those we were talking at the end of the break, or in the first segment, and going into break about the homeless encampment we saw on our way to have fun. So, like, my, I tried to make sure the kids knew and understood that Thanksgiving wasn't about us to just be all about us and just running around having a good time. And, and yeah, that's great to do, and we should do things like that as a family to be focused on each other, be present in the moment to together with each other. But at the same time, we need to understand, I needed them to understand, I think the Lord needed us to understand is that what Thanksgiving was really all about, what the time of the year was really all about, what it really meant to be thankful, what what could it have been like to be on the street? What could, nobody, I, I don't want to know, Lord, what it feels like firsthand what it's like to live that way and, and wonder where your next meal is going to come and wonder how you're going to take all of your stuff. Because when you think about it, when you have no home you, and, you're, and you're trying to go do something and trying not to be homeless, you're carrying all of your gear with you wherever you go. Or you may leave it in a spot where you're hoping and praying that someone else doesn't take your gear from you while you try to go do something. When so many of us, we just so carelessly leave our doors unlocked in our homes but we just so, so carelessly just walk away from the places that the Lord has provided us without a care in the world without a, without a thankful prayer in the world as to how and where we live or what we drive I have a couple of friends who don't have cars and I hear them say all the time oh I wish I had a car well you know be very thankful for I had a car and I've had a car but but I'm always reminded that they have at least a roof over their head. They're warm. They're not cold. 
They have a place to be. And I know this, this is best as they're talking about I'm overgiving thanks, but the overgiving thanks, I, the Lord wanted to give me, the, show me that the, that's a play on words. And that's, you're not saying that, I'm not saying that I'm overgiving thanks like I'm through with it. Because there's sometimes that we overgiving things, that we're doing too much, that we're really overdoing it, that we're really doing too much. And they say, you know, you're doing the most. When sometimes it's just for show. And that's where I felt. So let, let me go back to, to, to finishing. We're at the show. We did have a good time. Yes, we did. And, the, and I, for me, in the past, my trips to the auto show were just, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go see every booth. And I'm checking off these dots. This particular one, after seeing that homeless encampment, it was like, you know what? My day was made. It didn't matter if I saw a car. We had made it there safely. The kids were laughing, not at the homeless encampment. Don't please don't get it twisted. But they were laughing and enjoying each other versus bickering back and forth about something or another. We were even able to have prayer on the phone with the friends that called to to then start the day. But 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 see how the how the, how I let the enemy in for Thanksgiving. All of that time of being thankful on Tuesday. Thursday morning, I let I just it's just like I didn't have a memory that we hadn't done anything like that. We got to the meal, started making my chicken. So let's just talk about Thursday. I think all you know, you know how you like chicken. Well, those of you like chicken, I know I talked to another friend of mine. He says he don't like chicken. It just something about chicken on the bone. He says it just makes him feel like it's just nasty. And then I still laugh. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what that's all about, but that's okay. You know, I can't, I can't hate on him for that. But that's that's what's who he is. That's what he wants. But those of us who happen to like fried chicken, you, you like it to be a nice golden brown, right? <laughs> I think my chicken was more like a chocolate brown. I, I mean, okay, no, I didn't burn it. Don't, please believe I didn't burn it. But it was pretty close, you know, because I think uh, I don't know. I've done this buttermilk recipe before. You know, you. You wash your chicken, you season it, you put it in the buttermilk, you roll in the flour, and you put it in the fryer. And normally, I don't have this problem. It's normally not as, as hot. But here again, I had never tested it before. So I'm trying to do something that I'm not familiar with on a day that I wanted it to be just the end all to be. And I was just doing too much. And so as the chicken wasn't coming out the way I wanted it, that beautiful, you know, pick a chicken place that you like the most golden brown color. And it was it was looking funny. But I had to make sure it was done on the inside. So, yeah, it was done. There was no, you know, blood coming out because you didn't want to have no, you know, salmonella and didn't want to kill them. <laughs> As I ate my food, and that would be, have been more embarrassing. So, and, and the sad part about it is it didn't matter which pan I was using, whether it was the deep weld cast iron on the stove or the the commercial fryer on the on the countertop. Neither one was coming out right. They both were coming out this chocolate brown color. And I was frustrated. And then I got into to making the bacon and the sausage. And I just couldn't quite get them to sit right. And I, I tried to make the, at the same time, I'm getting my grits ready. And I used heavy cream instead of uh, water. And I know with heavy cream, you got to watch the temperature. Because all of a sudden, you'll have a volcano. And so the Lord was still working it out and still trying to talk to me, but I was still not listening because as I'm sitting here trying to warm up the the heavy cream, I, I felt the Lord tell me, you better go and check that 
the that that milk or the cream. And I remember it distinctly, so I got it. I'll check it in a minute. But on the second hand, you better go check. And by the time I turned around to that pot, it had already started to erupt like a volcano and whoosh. There it went all over the stove. And again, I started to get more and more frustrated. And so I had to clean up the mess and then get the cream replaced that was in there and get the right amount of grits now because I'd lost the amount that I wanted. And so it became one of those moments when I was like, everything I did, no matter what, and, I, and I'm a, I'm a vet. I, I can, I can cook. I mean, that's, that's, that's something I can do. I, I know I don't ever worry about trying to make a dish. That's something I knew I could do. But even in, in t- sharing the story, there was a lot of eyes in there. Cooking is something that I can do. Because I've always found myself listening and hearing from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit while I'm cooking and doing anything. But I wasn't listening. I was overgiving things because I wanted to overdo. I wanted to overstep my bounds. I was getting out of line, getting out of shape. So the Lord had to really show me, look, you, you don't really know how to do anything except for what I tell you to do. So thankfully about that time, some of the folks that were coming over to eat, they showed up and they were like, how can we help you? And normally I'm like, oh, no, no problem. I got it. Don't worry about it. Just, I got it. No problem. And I had got to this fork in the road because I'd already had some mishaps in the kitchen, which I usually never have. And the Lord asked me when they offered to help, the Lord was like, you can either take their help and get on the right thing or you can continue being stiff-necked and rigid and have another roadblock fall off a cliff again. And I'm like, no, I don't, I, I take your help. Look, I need to have this that needs to be done, this needs to be done. And that's something else of those who have, of us who suffered some losses, those of us who find ourselves odd men out, those some of us who find ourselves just in these places where we really haven't been in a long time or we just have, maybe we've been there too long isolated we need to ask for help we need to accept the help when it comes because there's far too many people that I know in my life that figure that I don't need any help because I've had people tell me well you make it look so easy you look like you got this whole thing unlocked and you're this you know you're the father of the year you're this and this and that I'm like if you only knew how many times that I have been frustrated scared unknowing, just totally confused, at what's in, just completely tired out. And I found myself at that place where I was like, you know, Lord, I, I don't have a lock on this thing. I don't have, a, I don't even have a handle on this thing. I, I really, yeah, I need some help. Lord, you have to, you have to take this thing. And I, and I go back to when I talked earlier in the first segment about the prayer, even the prayer that I said didn't even make any sense. It, it was a rambling prayer, but I even prayed, Lord, please let the food taste good because it looked ugly. It, it, looked, it looked a mess. Chocolate brown chicken with a hard crust, but I tell you, well, hold on a second. So even when I got to, my eggs were jacked up. And when you go to a restaurant, your eggs better not have any brown on them. Unless you, you know, maybe have an over easy or sunny side up. Maybe you get a little crisp on the outside. But my eggs, one of my house 
friends and guests come over and they said, well, why don't you, you know, scramble your eggs and do your eggs right there on the skillet. I mean, you know, be, you get the fat from those bacon and the sausage and it'll mix with the eggs and it'll be really good. You won't have to worry about any extra butter because that'll be there. And I had never done that before and I never used that skillet either. So I'm <laughs> cracking the egg, scrambling, I lay it on the skillet and, and I knew that this was going to happen, but I didn't know because I was so far gone at that point. When, you, when you're working with a flat top skillet from those portable ones, it's going to have a slight slant to it, or the proper turn is a grade, because the grease has got to run forward to the grease catcher. And that's exactly where my eggs went, <laughs> right into the, into the grease catcher. And it was another one of those things where I was just frustrated. I was like, okay, Lord, I just... I can't do this thing without you, Lord. I need help. I had, I had to, into the Lord's hand, I had to commit my life and my day, my menu, everything that we were, everything that I wanted to happen, all of my expectations, I had to commit to him because in my own strength, I couldn't do it. I was failing. I, I realized for the first time in a long time how much of a failure I really was just at doing a task that I do all the time. I, I have four kids at the house. I cook at least three days a week. Well, there's some days I don't cook at all, but I make them cook. But I'm just saying, on a good week, I cook three days because there should be enough leftovers to go. And the days that there's no leftovers, I have some of the boys cook. And I found myself just so lacking. So I go back to the prayer that I had prayed. I was like, Lord, please just let the food taste good. It looks ugly. I pray that it at least tastes good. I wanted it to taste good. I, I want it so bad for the day just to be, ah, I hate to use the P word, but I wanted it to be perfect. Because I was excited. It was the first time in a long time I had wakened on a holiday where it didn't hurt so much. I was excited about the day. I was excited about having all my sons there with me for the first of two back-to-back holidays. I'll have my all my sons with me on had them on Thanksgiving, and I'll have them again with me on Christmas. And I was in the thankful mode, but I wanted to prove a point, I guess. I wanted their day to be special. But the days that we have are not special because of what we do. The days that the Lord gives us are special because of what He does. And we can't get that twisted around. We can't get it flipped. And if it gets it, that we just have to understand our role. And my role and your role and our role is not God's role. God's role is God's role. It's His role in um, the meal we prep and plan and the places we go, the people we invite, the people we don't invite, the conversation we have, the conversation we don't have, how we try to protect ourselves, how we leave ourselves vulnerable, how we tell truth and transparency, how we do all of these things, that's based on God's plan for our lives, not our plan. Because I know the, the word says that, that a man makes his plan. He plans out his life. But God orders his steps. If I had been... I mean, because the ultimate thing, yeah, the meal turned out well. It it, it tasted fine. It was because I, I didn't even tell you about the waffles. The waffles were a mess too. I 
And no, I didn't buy a new waffle maker. That, but that was on the plan to have bought an additional waffle maker because I wanted the waffles to come out faster than just the one at a time. But why do my waffles come out, the, the mix come out brownish looking? And it never does that. But every turn, it didn't look like what I wanted it to look like. But God took the things that didn't look right, the things that looked funny in it, He blessed it, and he multiplied it, and he made it better. And I was even thinking, when when preparing for today's show, I was thinking, man, Lord, my meal kind of looked like me, kind of looked like us. It looked a mess. It didn't look right on the outside. It, It was flawed. It was... It just wasn't what I wanted it to be. It didn't have the. It didn't have the look. It didn't. I mean, it had all the flavor that I really wanted. But that's the thing. When we deal with people, sometimes we see so we see each other's mess so much that sometimes when we don't find ourselves being one of the beautiful people, we can easily be overlooked. And when you find yourself being a person who suffered some loss, like we've been talking about, the being odd people out, and it was when we're dealing. And this this message is, you know, this series is probably dealing more with those who are dealing with loss and than, than anything else. So I apologize to those who have not dealt with some things. We're gonna we're gonna reach out to those who've, who've had some issues, and we're gonna really try to bring them along and say, hey, look, just because we've had some issues, just because you've gone through some things, doesn't mean you've got to constantly go it alone. So that's again, it goes back to the beginning as to what is the role of the raising of Well, it's, it's to be a light, it's to be a beacon, it's supposed to be that lighthouse on a hill so that when the ships are at sea, they understand that there's land, there's safe, there's hope. So to say there's safety and there's hope out there for you. But when we take a real look at account at ourselves at all of the things that we just don't get right, but we want it to be such a way If we can then just look at our lives the way God sees us, imperfect, flawed, misshapen, sometimes too hot, sometimes too cold other times, but he makes all things work together for good, for those who love God. And are called according to his purpose. So even your meal, my meal, it didn't turn out looking the way it did. I wanted it to. On any level, there was no one dish that turned out right. Well, maybe it was the juice when you take the top off. Maybe that was right. <laughs> but the rest of it jacked up. And it, and it affected how I ate it because until I was able to get my mind thoroughly right, I was like, okay, God you've done something because for a piece of chicken to look as hard and crusted and crusted or chocolate brown as it did, but to be so tender and juicy, so well seasoned on the inside, I was like, okay, it wasn't me. I could take no credit for any of it. And the, those who were there, they kept saying over and over how, how much they enjoyed it. And, that, and now you could easily say, or I could easily let the enemy just take all the glory and say, oh, they were only saying that just to make you, just to make you happy, just to make you feel good, just to make you feel good. Well, you know what? I don't believe that was the case because I know my kids, they don't just say, 
things like that to make you feel good. Especially Evan. He would have had a he'd had a roast for me if it was really bo- bad and really poor tasting. He'd have roasted me. So, but I can't say that I did it because it looked an absolute mess. And he was one of my testers and early adopters when I brought the first piece of chocolate brown chicken out that was cooled. I know he kind of looked at it sideways and went, um, but he graciously ate it. And he came back with, Dad, this is good. Oh, my goodness, this is wonderful. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you tried it because I, I, I just couldn't try it. But I keep going back to that point. Some people don't want any part of us because of the way we look, because of the way we sound, because the because we may not have the right seasoning and, and savor on it. We, we may not be as glamorous looking. We may not be as thin or as tall or as beautiful as the rest. We not, may not be as talented as some. We, we may not be using our gift, but if you only have one gift that the Lord has given, you need to do that. You need to use it. You can't put it under a bushel because when the Lord comes back, like the like the the one landowner, he came back and he was telling this lady, like, look, doing an accounting as to what did you do with the talents that I gave you? What, what did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? And I don't want to be that one where he says, man, you good for nothing, worthless slave. You could have at least put my talent in the bank and give it in and let it draw interest. It could have multiplied itself on its own, but you hid it away. What did you do with the, with the poetry and the, the writings and the talk shows and the, just, just everything that I gave you, the denurturing, the administration that I gave you, the vocals that I gave you? Okay, we're going into the last break. You're listening to The Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We're in Truth and Transparency, week two. I'm over giving thanks. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it. Either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. All right, we're back here to the Raising Men Show. And again, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. And last part, last segment, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia, we keep blessing you. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope it's been a blessing to you so far. And I hope you enjoy the show. I wanted, to, I almost didn't do this show. I remember sitting, kind of studying and wrestling with the Lord. I was like, Lord, I don't really want to do this. I don't know where we're going to go with this thing. I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to really want to hear some, you know, about my Thanksgiving, you know, trauma stories. But 
I believe that for those of you that are like me, they want things to be just so. People who've suffered some loss and you want to, I don't even know. Yeah, I think that's what it is. If you have moments where your self-esteem and ego and you don't have the confidence that you really think you ought to have, but there doesn't need to be confidence. So maybe that's one of the key points in in how we heal and deal from some of our issues. We want to be able to have confidence in God, not confidence in ourselves. So that's one of the ways that we deal through and heal through where we're going is that we got to have our confidence is in the Lord and not in ourselves. And we're going to use Deuteronomy 31.6 and it says, Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's one of the things that I, that I find that I, I forget quickly. Is that when I go to do some things that the Lord is already there. He was there in front of me. He's there beside me. He's behind me. He's, on, he's there. He's cheering me on and he's warning me, don't, don't turn around, don't go back. When we're in these moments of just wondering and doing too much and being overthinking, the issue is that or overgiving things, I should say, to use the title properly, that we can't worry about being flawed. We, we can't afford to do that because once we do that, we find ourselves in the midst of trying to please people. And there's nobody we should be trying to please but God. So that's another one of the, the points that we need to, to take away is that we need to focus on pleasing God. And no one else. Because you can never make anybody happy. You can never make everybody happy, I should say. If we go try to put on the best Christmas tree, and that's one of the things I did later on. I was blessed to be able to have my oldest there with me even the day after Thanksgiving. Then the Lord was like, you know, you should put the Christmas tree up now because when Shane helps you and all the boys are working together to put that tree together to feel like Christmas for everyone, it's not like it needs to feel like Christmas, but Shane necessarily might, wasn't going to necessarily have a family-related Christmas where he got to put a, the ornaments on a Christmas tree. But for him, he'll be able to remember the times when he helped put the Christmas tree together and put the ornaments on and and have it be such a way. And I remember that I was sitting at my desk because I had to work that day, the day after. So, well, you over Black Friday shop, and I was one of the people on tech support helping out the people, and I thank all of y'all who was buying equipment <laughs> that we were helping in, on Black Friday, but still, I was working on Black Friday, and I was thinking, Lord, I need to work. I need to get this done. I can't, I got customers that are, you know, chatting in, and I need to get emails I got to get to it. But the Lord's like, you know, you need to put that Christmas tree up. Have the boys help before Shane leaves. So, I stopped. I was present. I, I I I was obedient to the to the Lord because the sacrifice could have been me continuing to work, and that was it would have been a sacrifice. But I would have laid my kids on the altar to sacrifice them and sacrifice our time, and I I didn't want to do that. This is not the season for me to do that. So I rather have obedience, and and I needed to be obedient. And that's another point we need to to do is that we need to have be obedient to the Lord, instead of being sacrificial to the Lord. 
So we we did that. We got the tree down. We, they all were, all the boys, all of us. We worked together. Got the tree, got everything down from the attic. Put the trees together, and thankfully we had last year we had done a. Uh, the Lord had led me to have the boys do a Christmas door or the, sorry, bedroom door Christmas decorating contest where they all decorated or we all decorated our doors and parts of our room and whoever had the best room we actually had a judge separately by a, an independent panel of judges and <laughs> the winning kids got some money and we went to the we went and did something together and so we had a lot of extra ornaments and so we wound up decorating the house with all of the stuff from last year and I asked the boys I said do you mind this year if we don't do the the door in the room thing if we do the the house thing and we, we make the house look like Christmas and festive. I mean, we kind of distributed it all around. and So we did that. And Shane was able to take care of the fireplace mantle and the hearth. And he got that all looking. So, and I remember there was a point when I had a, a customer that, that I had to, I had to stop and, and work with and, that, and praise God for the customers. And I remember Shane asked me, he says, dad, can do you have a, a hammer and some nails? And, I'm thinking in my mind, what in the world does this boy want with some hammer, a hammer and some nails right now? But I just, you know, showed him where it was, and you know, he he did his thing, and so I came back around later on, and this is how the Lord works things out for your good, right? I think the young man needed this, and and I believe our house needed this, so we needed this. The young man had um, found us this probably a five by seven picture of his mom maybe it's eight by ten but it, it was a it was not too big not too small picture of his mom now we had had a similar picture i think it had broken and i needed to get a new frame and so this particular picture that was framed was a smaller version of that one it was just sitting on the hearth of the fireplace so where he was already decorating that space his mom was there his picture of his mom was there and so he wanted to put on the wall and, and, I'm, th- and i'm thankful because Shane could have said, hey, Dad, can I go and put this on the wall or hang this picture? But he knew that he had carte blanche in wherever I am. I told him, okay, doesn't matter where I am. Even if it was just a spot on the floor, you can have that spot wherever I am. No matter how old you are, wherever I am, you have home. So he went and got his hammer and nails and he and his brother, they, they hung that picture on the wall. And it worked out so much so that that spot on the fireplace hearth was where I already felt the Lord had told us to have our Christmas pictures taken. And I contacted my good friend, Alice. Hey, can you come over a little while? Can you take some pictures of us? I really need to take some, I want to take some Christmas pictures. Can you take a picture for me? And so oddly enough, he had, a water leak at his house. And so he was dealing with that. And we thought, well, I just have to go over there to his house and do it because he's busy and caught up. No big deal. So we really weren't worried about it at the time. The Lord worked out where he was able to get that water leak taken care of. And they were, he and his wife were at our house. And I didn't even realize that they were coming until they were at the door. Shane had worked it out where that picture of his mom hung just so that when you when you see our Christmas pictures in a, in a week or so when it comes out on social media, that it's in the picture. 
And it's not like it's a prominent place where we're all holding the picture of her or we're just displaying it as if it were an active, active part of our life. But we're not hiding it. It's a spot where she's in there because what the Lord had to remind me of is that she's in our lives no matter if we like it or not. We cannot deny her. She's the mother of my kids and she's those boys' mom and she's my late wife. Yeah, that's it. She's in our life no matter what. She's, she's a part of who we are. She's, she's, the, the kid's DNA is partially hers and partially mine. So there was no way that we could. And, and my truth and transparency is I spent several years trying to erase her from the record because I, I needed to, I wanted to, I felt that I had to get that pain away because I figured if I could just make it seem like she never existed, then my pain would never exist. And that's not the case. It's not possible. So the lowest just reminded me that it's okay to move on. I'm not going to be disrespecting her memory. I'm not going to be showing any less love for her because I continue to, because I'm choosing to shift gears in my life and put the pain away. Because the Lord even reminded me that our pain and, and anguish, anguish that we're feeling in our heart, it'll go away if we let it. So maybe that's the third point of the day is that the pain and hurt that we feel for what people have done to us or the loss of a loved one or whatever that pain and anguish may have been, it'll go away if you let it. And I had to let it. We have to let it. We have got to let go. That's one of the things we have to cast that care because that's a care. We cast that care upon the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. It's less that we have to carry. Because we shouldn't be carrying anything but blessings. And, and, and our blessings are light. So that's not like we've got to carry a bunch of blessings. Because even the word says, you know, the, the, the Lord will, will throw open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't even carry. And then the analogy it gives you is grain. So back in the day, because obviously grain was a big thing back in the you know, Israelites and Egyptians time, is that we talk about using burlap sacks and, and these fabric made sacks and when the, when the when the wheat and grain goes inside it it's kind of got a three dimension to it it's kind of fat and so it's it's going to not necessarily be all laying perfectly flat like newspaper it wants to be in the bag and then it talks about scripture says pour out a blessing that's too much for you to count I mean to carry it and and and, knew, and just know how many they are because you have to have it pressed down shaken together and running over so you want to try to press more of that grain and more of those blessings into that bag and then that the, the grain and the blessings are going to go down a little bit farther because you smashed them because they were big blessings they were they've got dimension they've got depth they've got feeling they've got shape to them so when you press them down a little bit so you get some more in that bag and then you're going to shake that bag a little bit and pull it up higher and the blessings are still coming in because you've got to have it pressed down, shaken together, and it's going to be running over the bag because it can't get all inside of that bag. It means you're going to be standing ankle deep, maybe knee deep, maybe waist deep, maybe chin deep in blessing that you couldn't hold in your bag. And some folks are going to get blessed on the overflow. Like we've been blessed on some other people's overflow. And that's the part I think is just so amazing in what God is, is that he's not a selfish God. Jealous God, yes, but selfish, no. He's willing to bless us enough that we have so much more that we can bless other people just on the overflow. Maybe that's a point too. Is that we can't be selfish with our overflow. 
Let our overflow bless someone else. Let our overflow be someone else's flow. Because sometimes we may be the only blessing that other people, that some people have. Now, there shouldn't be the time that you just constantly go to someone and you ask and ask and ask and you don't call and check on them. Because we all have those people, those groups of people that just call you when they need something. And not just because we we're all selfish. Even if we're calling just to say hello to our friends, we want to hear our friends' voices. But we've got to be very, very mindful when we're dealing with people, especially when people have been hurt so much. You can't constantly just go to the well and, and pull. You can't go to the well and pull. You can't go to the well and pull and pull and pull. And at some point, you've got to put something else into the well. You've got to invest in people. You've got to invest in time. You've got to spend some, some moments, some, some precious moments with people, praying with people, calling to see how they're doing and coming alongside them. You've got to stop overgiving thanks. You can't stop overdoing it, asking. You can't stop overdoing be in some kind of way on the negative side. We need to spend our time focused on God and what he has for us. Coming to the end of this second week, we're finishing up with week two of Truth and Transparency. We're talking about overgiving thanks. And this is, remember, it's a wordplay here. Those who may have tuned in late, we're talking about doing too much, being overthankful, overzealous for what we're doing. We're right here on WKBY 1080 AM. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We're going to come back next week with week three, Lord willing, for week three. Don't know what the title is yet. He hasn't given it to me. But we'll see you next week, and we'll all find out. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family.